from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hey, y'all. Hey, what's up? And welcome to Let's Red Table That. I'm Tracy T. Rowe. And I'm Cara Presley. How are you feeling today, Tracy? I'm feeling every day, every day, every day amazing. (laughs) That's the theme song for me. Okay, well, you already know I'm feeling successful, man. Having a great week. We are feeling successful in these streets. I'm excited to get into the, to today's episode. Can't even talk because I, I just was so frazzled watching it, okay? Were you? I was because, I don't know, something about massive amounts of money. Uh, just listening to, to everything that happened this week, scams and the dreams and the belief and the lies. It was just a lot for me. You just think about all the scams that you see people running now, especially with all the internet stuff, which is a little bit different than mm-hmm. what I'm putting air quotes, Simon, because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm his name. Who is he really? Okay, his name is not Simon. We're not even going there. We're just, I'm just going to call him. I think he's still on the run. He's not running. That man is not still- running. Kara. He's still in the front, forefront of life. He is sitting in the front row, sitting down, taking pictures (laughs) on social media, having a good old time. He probably watched his episodes like, oh my God, Jada's talking about me. Right. I have no love for him. Uh -uh. And any other person that's out there, like, intentionally conning and hurting people because that is impacting their lives. It's a manipulation. Swiper, no swiping. Swindler, no swindling. <laughs> Ugh, it had to be exhausting to keep up with that con because you're spinning plates. But unlike him, Anna, I really believe she believed her own 
<laughs> Make believe. Oh, she did. Listen, if faith of a mustard seed was a person, because it was Anna. When I tell you, she believed she did. in herself, in her story, and everything she said, and she made you believe it. I mean, the poor man at the bank was like, "Oh, we we normally don't do this, right?" I mean, I guess I should. I mean, struggling on a made-up name. Even her parents were like, "She did what?" Like, listen, please go see it for yourself and then please go look at the Red Table Talk episode because we're going to get into it today. You got to see the episode. All types of emotional abuse, manipulation, it just sucks. I mean, it's just terrible. I think that's why this episode is so important. You know, it's not just a 20-minute Red Table episode or an hour and a half, a little documentary or entertaining movie. This is somebody's life, and right? it goes on for months and days, and it's an emotional roller coaster. I feel like we're going to say that phrase often today. <laughs> we're just going to go through all of the emotions, even when we get to our guests later on, because... It's a lot. Whew, the stories that people have. Mm. It's time to share some thoughts from our Red Table Talk community. We believe and know that all of the Red Table Talk groups out there are our backbone, and we absolutely love hearing from you. We asked our community if you or someone you know has ever been scammed by a loved one or someone else. If so, how did you break free, okay? Here are some of your answers. Let them know and let them go. Oh, I love that. Come on here, Miss Shay Gordine. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Our second person, Nick Nick, said they definitely have been scammed before and when they found out what the person was doing, they were done dealing with them altogether. They said when they put it all together and realized what they were doing, that was it. So, fight or flight. And sometimes it's not worth fighting for, okay? That's good, Nick Nick. Once you found out what the ish was, you got it together and got on down. And our third person said, I gave him two hours to get your ish and get. So, Deborah McKim, we feel you there. That was a to the left, to the left. That was a full-fledged moment right there. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tracy, have you been manipulated before? Let me tell you something. I have never been scammed. But, you know, if there was a poster child for someone to say... Tell me about the time when you got your identity stolen. It would be me. My name is so common. I could be a white man. I could be in the UK. I could be in Canada. That has been my experience. I'm telling you, Cara, it's crazy. I hear you. On a regular basis. And I'm going to tell you the lesson that I learned from that, though. What I was doing initially, I had one bank. Mm -hmm. And when the second or third identity theft happened, I was like, oh, no, we're not doing that. Because if they shut your debit card down and someone's gotten inside your account, and like the first time it happened, my account was overdrawn like five thousand dollars. So no, no, no. I said that will never happen again. And so I now I have diversified my portfolio of banking so that if anything ever happens, you know, I'm covered. Yeah, just one. So that's why it's Tracy T. Rowe, because I was, you know, doing Tracy Rowe. And now I was like, no, I have to be Tracy T. Rowe. I need something to differentiate and stand out and be the unique person that I am. Mm. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll be joined by two guests from our Red Table Talk community. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. We're bringing two fellow RTT community members to the virtual Red Table. I am so happy to welcome Dr. Charlotte Freeman, who is joining us today from Memphis, Tennessee. She is a clinical psychologist, our very own Dr. Romani. So she's here to help us better understand the psychology behind the scams and scam artists themselves. So, so glad you're a part of our Red Table Talk fan community and that you could join us today, Dr. Freeman. I thank you for allowing me to be here. We also get to welcome Adrienne Hughes Montgomery, a native Memphian. She is with us today because she has experienced scams up close and personal, might I add, when she was in college and when she joined what turned out to be a not-so-legit pyramid scheme. We are excited to hear these stories and your reaction to this Red Table Talk episode. So thank you for joining us, Adrian. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you all doing? Good. Feeling successful. Adrian, I can't wait to talk about the not-so-successful or not-so-legit <laughs> scam and all of that. That right. is amazing. Like, I can't wait to get into that. Yes. Yes. 
Listen, I can't wait. So this is the part of the show where we're going to reveal which moments made us pause, rewind, listen again, and just stop in the moment, okay? Let's talk about some of these wait what moments. So I'm going to take the first one, Car, because I can't wait. Okay. It's a wait, wait, what? Kick it off. When Willow brought up the fact that emotional abuse is how these scams start. I feel like the real scam is the emotional abuse mm-hmm. that comes before the real scam. Let's talk about this. Our very own Dr. Freeman, I know you got something to say. Willow kind of pinged a really important point because a lot of times we don't realize that every relationship sort of starts off the same. Someone is trying to woo us. They're trying to encourage us. They are trying to meet our needs. And what we don't really realize is that when it comes to a scam artist, though, that this is actually something they do every day. Mm -hmm. So the same amount of emotion that maybe the woman or the man feels in the relationship who's actually looking for a real relationship well, that scam artist, well, they offer this same delivery to everybody. It's universal. So the emotional abuse for that person really does happen because they are playing on their emotions, their needs, their desires, what they've been praying for, what they've been asking for. The scam artist is actually the person who is conning them into believing and they're selling them a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Wow. And unfortunately, that person doesn't realize it's a fantasy. They think that this is all special just for them. Wow. So true. So true. I mean, that hit me to the core. It's the manipulation for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it is truly just manipulation. Absolutely. Let's talk about this moment. The moment Eileen read the article and found out about everything. I felt so in shock and I started reading it over and over again. And because there were so many similarities in that article, I immediately knew that it was true. The moment I read the article, that's the moment I woke up. Would you guys have believed this article or would you have just dismissed it as somebody's past? Well, I would say... When she saw it, it became real to her because after seeing the article on social media, it made her stop and think about what was happening to her and how he was waiting for a long period of time of calling her, how things became so urgent. It just started making her second guess herself and the relationship that she had. After watching it, you can kind of see her say, "Uh uh-oh, something's wrong. (laughs) Let me check this out. There are just no benefits to any doubts. I probably would have wanted to act like it was his past and maybe I'm seeing things because you really want to believe in the person you're loving. But yeah. It's so interesting between the tender swindler and we're just going to call him that Mm -hmm. because, you know, why not? He's made up so many other names. (laughs) I'm so over Simon. So when T.S. ran his scam, it was a little bit different than what Mm. Anna was doing. And so when Rachel explained while that the Netflix series portrayed a tense confrontation between the Morocco staff at the hotel and Anna, Rachel said... What was actually more alarming was that in real life, Anna was cool as a cucumber. She didn't seem to register the seriousness, the risk. So can you imagine being in this situation? Are you freaking out? Would you put out your work card in this case? What would you do? No. Well, that was quick. Okay. <laughs> it's bad, like a, bad. No. It's the risk for me. I would have yeah. did what she did. I just would have sat back. <laughs> because this do, was her girl? bill. I guess what I'm saying is something about my coins, and I hate being in debt. So I wouldn't put myself in debt for this young lady like that. No. Right. If anything, I would have 
taking care of myself. And I would have got on the plane like the young lady <laughs> when she saw that things were going bad. Mm-hmm. I think she had got sick. If I'm correct, she has got sick and, other, and then she flew back. See, that would have been me. So you wouldn't have been freaking out because you wouldn't have even been there. That's what you're like. Oh, no, I'm out. I'm not giving you my company oh, yeah. card. I'm not giving you my Mm-mm. card. I'm giving you the deuces. Yes, pretty much. I wonder, and Dr. Freeman, you can answer this. I think about brain gut. The friend at the hotel was getting sick, but I wonder if it was a brain-gut thing. Like, she kept feeling like something was off, and I'm wondering if it was the food that was making her sick or the experience that was making her sick. If you get a feeling that pieces are not adding up, I think that's the one thing that we don't do sometimes, is we want to continue to give people the benefit of the doubt. We do not want to disrupt that relationship. We like the benefits. She was over there on Anna's dime, supposedly. Right. Mm-hmm. So she was not ready to give up that dime. Giving her a little side eye on that. Because I'm not saying she was wrong, but I'm giving a little side eye. Well, couldn't she have said, though, I know that you were paying for the trip and you brought us, but because we see that there's financial difficulty, what about you just take care of yourself and we take care of ourselves? But here's the hiccup I have with that. You picked this thing on high asset place. <laughs> <laughs> But Anna did, because Anna's ball, Anna's in her fantasy where Anna picked the place, right? Yeah, That's right. Anna, see, uh, yeah, Anna chose it. Right. See, me, I'd have been at the Marriott. I don't like how you move, sis. I got to go. Well, I think you have to also look at the fact that for a long time, Anna was, for lack of a better word, she was always balling on somebody else's dime. The monies had always been there mm-hmm. in the past. So they really didn't have a reason to believe that the money wasn't going to be there. But again, as you started to see it manifest that the monies were not there, that's when tapping into that gut feeling and mm-hmm. saying, OK, now I'm not seeing the same things I've seen in the past with you. Something is different. So Rachel was trying to have a conversation about her and the dollars. But and I was like, don't worry about it. That's true. What I want to know is, what did you think about the episode, the Red Table Talk episode, about them? Well, I love how the young lady of the Tinder Swinder, how she got smart at the end. I knew all the clothes he was wearing, and that was the only thing that was real yeah. on him, his clothes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I realized, like, okay, if maybe I can get my hands on those items, can I can sell leave. them, right. and I'm going to to keep the money because I'm drowning. And I thought that was so smart of her. She kept saying that, I love you. She never wanted to give him a sign that she was on to him. She's like, I'm going to feed into this constantly because I got to get his clothes. I have to get these luggages to me. It's the belief for me. She literally had him believe in her. She made a decision to be smart and see if she could get some of her funds back. Yes. Listen, I have done this before. A certain relationship ended and I sold everything for a dollar. Come on over. All my male friends, polo shirts for days. Take them. Wait, a dollar each? A dollar each? I had to get some money back. We had to, hey, we had to get the investment. And at that point, you just so upset with how things went down. You just, you just want your money. You're like, I need a a large pizza. You don't even care what the return on investment is. You just want something so you don't feel like you lost 
everything. So that was some redemption. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with her. I'm glad she did it. Something that Cara said that was really important is sometimes it's not about the amount of money. It's the fact that you feel like you got some retribution, mm. that you had a chance to sort of con that person, mm. maybe, or to be able to get some sense of self return because sometimes when you're in these situations, you really do feel like you have compromised maybe some of your thoughts, your values, um, your beliefs in order to be with this person. And then you find out that in the end, the person you're with really was only a facade. And so you just really feel like I need to get something in return. It was just a principle. She just wanted something back, some return on the investment. What else resonated with us for that episode? The part with Rachel, how she got paid. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, her doing mm-hmm. the book, once again, she wanted something bad. She lost a lot. So she had to come up with a way. How can I bounce back? How can I get my credit back? And a lot of people were saying, well, now you're using her. You're using her story. Well, yeah, she used me. Hey, hey, I understand it. Well, Which do you think was the worst part of these scams? I mean, people losing truly crazy amounts of money or just the betrayal of the trust overall? Which, for each of you, which was the worst part? Hmm. Money. (laughs) Adrian already said she's about her coin. I just hate how he went for their money and I hate how they felt like they owed him. He sent me flowers. Nobody sent me flowers like that. These weren't just any roses. This was like dozens and dozens of roses. It just showed just the little things that men would do just make you feel so overwhelmed. It was one of those things that each one of the ladies, I can't remember her name, but it was the first lady on the movie. And she was just saying that, oh, I'm still looking for love. I am. I'm looking for it. Yeah. And I would. I thought to myself, that should have slowed you down. Stop looking for it. Wait a minute. So you think she shouldn't have been looking for love? I don't think it's that she can't look for love. I think that we would hope that you would guard your heart a little bit more. I heard a male friend tell me one time, when a guy asks you, what are you looking for? Do not give yes. him the roadmap to your heart. I want someone who cares about me, does the little things. Because yeah. he's going to care about you and do the little things. And he may just be memorizing what you're saying. And that may not be a true, genuine act of who he is. So, of course, we would hope that she's maybe protecting her heart a little bit more. I'm going to tell you, if the Tinder Swindler dated me... <laughs> He wouldn't have got $10. I don't know how he is saving. I don't know how these women choose to save him. But that's just me. We we wouldn't have made it far at all. Come on, ladies. Let's be be really honest. 75%, I would say, of women, they're talking about the fact that they want to meet a guy who they can have a choice of being able to take these fabulous vacations and having money at their disposal. Mm -hmm. A lot of women would like to have that lifestyle. So when you meet a guy, who is on the very first date, we finna get on a private jet. Right. I'm about to drop $50,000 on you. Right. Right? I'm taking you to a totally different country. We're gonna party all night. We're eating at fabulous restaurants. And that's why a lot of times when you look at different shows or what have you, they have these high energy activities. And so it creates all of this emotion really quickly. You're away from your family, you're away from your friends. So it creates that environment where you're dependent 
on him Mm -hmm. financially, emotionally, psychologically, because you don't know these people and you don't know this country. Right. Okay, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. So it's literally, it's just grooming you. Absolutely. To be ripe for the picking. Let's talk about the elephant in the room here. As women of color, let's just call a thing a thing. Thank you, Ayanna Van Zandt. One aspect of the Inventing Anna story that the Red Table Talk participants did not get into was how race played a part in Anna's ability to scam the New York elite. Mm -hmm. And I know as a Black woman, that would have never been my story. Okay, so, Car, you touched on it with the tender swindler, and I feel like a lot of sisters probably like, Simon wouldn't have got me. But how do you think that would have worked for you if you had tried to do what Anna did? It wouldn't have worked. I would have definitely got questioned at the hotel lobby. I wouldn't have made it up to the room as <laughs> soon as that car didn't go through. Excuse me, stop those elevator doors. <laughs> Step back over here to the line with the X on it. I love this. So I wouldn't me. have made it far. Excuse we already me, ma'am. <laughs> stop that door. Yeah, we already know. <laughs> it's not even just society. It's just a reality. The way that she could finagle and finesse her conversations and tip $100 to move how she wanted to move is the illusion of it all. So I thought it was interesting. What did our guest think? You're right. I don't think it would have worked for African-Americans because when we would have walked in, then the banking system would have immediately said, until we can prove (laughs) that you are the sovereign king of Cuba (laughs) Nua, then... You were You're not, not getting this money. <laughs> you know, and it takes a lot for us to even be able to get a meeting with the bank president or the person, the loan officer. And the paperwork we have to have. Right. We know that it wasn't covered at the table at Red Table Talk. Do you think that the whole aspect of race should have been talked about on the show? I mean, everybody thinks we talk about race so much nowadays. Race is one of those things that's not going anywhere. It is there. So can you talk about it? Yes. Did they think it was important at that time? Probably not. They just wanted to talk about the story. Where did the guests come from? What were their state of mind? How did they get through? It wasn't really, what do you think if it happened to a Black person? I don't think that they would have said that. You think they should have, though? But I mean, they could have, but it would have been very easy. No, we wouldn't have. We would like. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. it would like roll the. Credits. It would have been a short-lived conversation. <laughs> then we would have been drawn. Well, why do you think African Americans can't get this and that? Mm. It would have gone in that, and everybody knows why. In a show such as it is, the two guests were Caucasians, right? So that would have maybe possibly made that uncomfortable for them. And also, it was not their experience. Right. So they would not have been able to really speak intelligently about it from a real knowledge base. So I think it would have been a discussion really with Jada and Willow mm-hmm. and her mom. That's yeah. who would have been able to discuss that. Yeah. So it would have been a really short conversation. But I mean, I think we do have to just accept and acknowledge that a lot of times a Caucasian male could walk in with his dungarees on. Say it. And his plaid shirt. And he would have been able to walk up and still have had a better chance than than an African-American who may have been well-groomed when they walked up to try to talk to the bank officer. You are so right. You could be a person of color and literally go in with proof of funding and still not be able to make investments at an investment bank or do whatever it is you want to do. 
You can't even make a deposit from your actual bank account. Ryan Coogler, we, we apologize to you for that. I just apologize mm-hmm. for the whole Bank of Atlanta. Because what was that? That part, yes. That's that man's account. That was a fantastic example you just pointed out. Yeah, all right. It's unfortunate. So I think it's, it's worthy of being talked about or discussed or whichever verb you want to use for talk in there. But I'm glad we have this platform to talk about it because it's part of our reality, right? We know inventing Aniqua would have been one episode. <laughs> it would listen, not have been a series. <laughs> inventing Kara. Because listen, I have some Anna qualities. I'm going to just go ahead and let y'all know that. What? I have some Anna qualities. The way that girl believes in herself. I It was oh. the, the yacht for an extra week for me. I believe I deserve to be on the yacht. Now, would I have stayed like that? Not quite. Because I, I feel like after day one, they would have been like, so where is the group you came with? But... I, I love how she believes in herself. I love that part. I love that part. Okay. I mean, don't you love that part? I mean, yeah, that's why the people were hanging around her. Confidence. They say people love to see a confident person. Mm-hmm. Because if you're confident, it's like a person can believe in you. And you will feel comfortable following or listening to them. So I'll give it to her. She was confident. And I love the part. <laughs> I love the part when she was in jail. And she was like, I'm not coming out until I get an outfit. I need an outfit. <laughs> Girl, you are finna go to jail. What are you? You're finna be on trial. It's the looks for me. If she was African-American, what would they have done? Would they have gotten her a stylist? Sis, put on this orange jumpsuit. What? We got orange and blue. But I just keep saying people of color because I just know that our Hispanic sisters, they wouldn't have been able to do that either, right? And so... It's just interesting. We got some work to do. Let's go ahead and talk about some more home-hitting situations Mm because we can talk Mm -hmm. about what ifs and what abouts all day. But Miss Adrienne, we know that you have a wild story here. I cannot wait to hear. About a scam artist on your college campus who was keeping up several different cons to make money off of his friends and your friends. What was this scam artist that you knew? Was he like Anna or was he like Simon at all? And tell us exactly what happened. He was confident. He was friendly. Everybody knew him. He had been on campus for a couple of years. And from there, I guess he wanted to make some money. And he started with doing credit cards, scamming with credit cards. Next, it was scamming with gift cards. Mm, mm, mm. And then he pulled some people in with him. And from there, it was just, he he worked it. He worked it on campus, but then it was better for him to work it off campus because he mm. wasn't from that city. So mm. he basically worked it in the city. And uh, he got caught. Got caught. He got caught. Let me guess, he got caught because he got greedy. Oh, yeah. If you just keep doing this at some point, I don't understand why people do not like to stop. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've made a lot of money. Maybe let me take this money and invest it. I don't know if that ever clicks, but... It's just greed. You start seeing him, he dresses one way. Now you see him dress a totally different way. And now you see, oh, he was in that car first. Now look at the car he's in. Mm. And I think when you start changing the way you dress and what car you drive, that's a dead giveaway. 
people start to watch and notice oh, yeah. these things. After that, he got out of school. Let me just make sure I understand. He was scamming you and your peers by selling them the gift cards, saying like money was on the gift cards and there was no money. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So who came back and beat him up? Because I'm trying to understand. Oh, yeah, because he, that, so it was very short-lived on campus. Like, you had to think about it. These are the people who I surround myself with. These are the people right. who I live on the campus, in the dorms. When he did it once or twice, and I guess he saw that it could work, Yeah. Mm. then he went into the city because I'm not surrounding myself with my peers that I am doing all this messy scamming with. You think about mm. the confidence that you talked about, Kara, you said you appreciated mm-hmm. or could see yourself and Anna's confidence resonated and that she believed in herself and we get that. I understand. I was worried about you for a minute there, Kara. I was like, wait a minute now. You see what? <laughs> Not the yourself? con part. I was like, hold on. And then you got this <laughs> con artist who is completely scamming people on campus. I mean, that's bad because you're talking about people that you know, that you're supposed to be connecting with and building futures with, potentially lifelong friends. But you talk about like, them from a psychological perspective. Dr. Freeman, I'm so glad you're here because I have to think that there's some narcissism that plays into this. Dr. Romney said, All predators are narcissistic, but not all narcissists are predators. Are predators. predators. How can we tell if a narcissist in our life is predatorial? First of all, you have to understand what a narcissist is. Right. So first of all, we just want to be clear that a narcissist is a person who really thinks very highly of themselves. They believe they have all types of skills and that they are able to achieve all sort of things. They will believe beyond what their actual ability is and they convince everybody else. Anna, if you look at her, she even had a little bit of psychopathy, though, there. But she was all about convincing everybody that she was who she was, a tender swinder, all about helping people to realize that he was this famous person. And so when they become predatory is when in some ways, very much like Adrian is talking about, that person who all of a sudden realizes I can take this charm that I have and funnel this into some kind of scheme that will convince people to trust me, to give me their money. And a lot of times a narcissist, they'll talk about themselves over and over again. They tell everybody the same story. And people really get to the place where they're even afraid to confront that person because they'll get loud on them. They'll get embarrassing, humiliate other people in order to hold on to that status that they have convinced other people of. Because if you think about even at the end, at the tender swindler, think of that. At the end, his reaction, when he thought that he was not going to have any more money, his image was going to be tarnished, that she was actually going to report him, he became very angry and irate about that. Mm-hmm. You, stop playing game with me. Listen to me. I love you and I care about you. You will get the worst enemy you have ever seen in your life. Because it was going to affect his image right. of how other people saw him. And he was mm, not having mm, that. Mm. So beware then that you are probably interacting with some people who are narcissists, but the predatory part is different and there's some telltale signs. I appreciate that. We need that. Yeah, that's good. Because, you know, I'm realizing being a narcissist isn't a bad thing. Now, hear me out. <laughs> I got to hear you out on this. Yeah, we do have to hear you out on this. Yes. (laughs) Because if you want to be a narcissist, 
and think that way in your own mind over there, do that. But it's when you start to impact other people. It's when you start to manipulate other people for your own good. I feel like I know some low-level narcissists who just have a, a certain belief about themselves. doesn't quite lead over onto other people. They're not manipulating others to go their way. But I feel like once those other resources get involved and, and tangled up in there, like my money, my time, my family, my business, oh, it's just hurtful. Mm-hmm. Dr. Freeman, I'm going to let you speak to this. Am I thinking wrong? I mean, people who are selfish. We all have something that is running around in our personality, right? right? So we all have something. If anybody asked me, I would definitely be transparent and say, I'm obsessive compulsive personality disorder, which means that I have a tendency to like to do things the right way. I want to review it, make sure it's right, make sure that I do what I'm supposed to do and that it looks a certain way, feels a certain way and all of that. So that means that that's going to allow other people to have to wait sometimes a few minutes because I want to make sure Mm -hmm. this is right. You can have a bit of narcissism in you, but see, narcissists tend to mislead people. They lie. Okay, that part. But see, if they lie over there, I could just watch them lie. See what I'm saying? Like your OCD, like that's your that's your moment for your thing. But when you start to tell me how to arrange my socks, that that's when I'm like, see, girl. Well, see, and that's the thing about a personality disorder. In this particular case, it makes me really good at what I do. Yeah. Right. But when you are thinking about, like you said, but see, an obsessive compulsive, you know, disorder is different. So it's right. just a, it's about recognizing that we all have a little of something. You just don't know what it's called. Right. <laughs> right. But like you said, the narcissist is a person who usually when you're around them, you're usually going to think they have a big head all the time. Mm-hmm. OK. The person who's not predator, you're just going to always think that they're always bragging on themselves. They're always talking about what they're doing. They're telling everybody all about their life that's glamorous but you really know that that's not really where they came from that's not really what they did that's not how they got where they are it's all of that that adds to the narcissistic nature where that person actually starts to believe the lies they're telling they've told them so often I heard you say that Anna had a little bit of psychopathy and so that's where she crossed over Mm. she crossed from being in the narcissistic lane to to skirting over to the psychopathy lane because she was demonstrating some other behaviors, right? Right. In the case of Anna, she also had a little bit of psychopathy because she really believed that her ends justified her means. And however she needed to do that, that's how she was going to make it happen. Got it. Okay, that's good. That's really good. Right. We need that. We need to hear that. We need to understand yeah. that. Because, Carl, when you said, like, all of us should have a little, I was like, oh, hold on now. I, no, I was saying, I don't know. associate the word narcissist with, like, positive I'm aspiring <laughs> to be. So that's why I'm glad, Dr. Freeman, you were here. Not so much positive, but I feel like we hear the word a lot more often these days yeah, in the culture. That's true. And I feel like we tend to always associate it with bad. Once it's identified. I do. Whatever the term may be. So, like, even when you explained your condition, well, not even condition, but Miss Freeman, when you explained, like, how it helps you in your work. So, I mean, these skills can help or hurt. And that's the part I think we need to focus on. Let's move on to how Eileen and Rachel were both tricked by people that they knew. Mm-hmm. And it's the trust that they've built that made them perfect targets, unfortunately. And I know you, Adrian, got involved with the pyramid scheme. We all waiting on this story, sis, because your friend told you how great it was. We want to hear about this. What was it like for that endeavor to fall apart, not just for you, but also the people you recruited as well? We all want to know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I really didn't feel bad. I didn't feel like Rachel, like I was just taken advantage of. It was one of my clients. That particular client is also a really close friend of mine. And so she's such a business-minded person Mm. that when she brought it to me, I was like, oh, girl, this is... No brainer. Because the way she brought it, she said, you don't have to do anything. I said, I don't have to do anything. That was like, nothing? I don't have to sell anything. And I must say, I can sell. But I didn't have to sell none this time. Only thing I had to do was recruit two people. There it is. Billionaire. It was like, recruit two people. And put money in, right? And put $500 in. See, there it is. Just $500. And so the return, you got to hear the return now. Kara, she's trying to recruit us. Be careful. You get back $5,000. Classic. After you get that $5,000 back, you have to take... 500 of that 5,000 and put back in the pot and then take like 200 or 250 and give to the person who is over... The recruiter of the recruiter. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's the person that's making the money off of everybody. But I found my two people. But then they go to say, you want to build your flower, right? So once your flower is complete, it's basically rotating itself. There's nothing else. Once your flower is locked and you have all your people, it's a no-brainer and it keeps feeding itself. So I actually got paid. Wow. So Mm. I was helping my other people with theirs. I even recruited my mom. Mm. See? Got my mom in on it. I would have called my mom. This is how it works, right? You believed your client and then you saw immediate returns. In the Truth Pyramid Scheme, the way that they end up crumbling for the person the bottom falls out at some point or there's some part that can't be fulfilled. So what happened? Was that true for you? Well, it was. It fell out underneath mine. I got paid twice. Once I got my full amount, that second time because my flower wasn't complete, I only got paid maybe like 1500 We didn't have enough people to put in their 500 Now, when it started falling and I saw my friends not getting theirs, even I was trying to help, I just said, you guys, let's stop right here. I'd rather pay my friends back their money. And Is that's that what, what you I did? did. I took my 5000 and I gave everybody back their money. Well, you are a blessing because I would have been like, girl, we got God. Y'all got scammed. We no, did, we but, scammed. They, but here, now check this out. I hate to say it. Do I think it could have kept going? Yes. But remember how y'all talked about greed? Yes. And we talked about when a person wants and they got to keep going and they just see more and more and more. That's what happened. The people who were over there, they wanted to break off. Of course. And they wanted to start their own. Yeah. yeah. So the crazy thing is they were trying to pull people to starting a new one. That's how it works. It was the greed. And then you were giving your client and the people the benefit of the doubt, right? So they talked about, oh, well, I'll go ahead and do it. You trusted them. You thought everything was good. And then the bottom falls out. But the people at the top got their money. Oh, yeah. And Cara just said, if she was with you, she would have been like, oh, y'all, oh, y'all get scammed. I'm oh, sorry. And that would have been that on that. <laughs> the thing about these pyramid schemes, they're all built on emotion. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have someone who is very excited about it. They tell you what the returns are. They tell you their story. And then you say, oh, I could do that because they tell Mm -hmm. you what the characteristics are. Right. But I've heard of the scheme that Adrian is talking about, and it really depends on you getting 
other people to, like she said, to complete your flower. So Adrian was a person who they came looking for her because, like she said, she had all the prerequisites. They knew she had people. They knew she had the money. They knew she talked a lot. They knew that she could get her friends to buy into it. Someone called me with that scam. They did, and they were trying to convince me. (laughs) They all work that way. They are all dependent upon other people underneath you helping you to build your funds. It's funny because when I was in college, I had the same thing. I remember they were selling this thing. I ain't going to say what it was, but they were selling these (laughs) telephone services and they Mm, said you could come and you could get this. And I will say that, unfortunately, I bought in because they all say $500 and how much more you're going to make. I did that for two days after I realized I called my family and they wouldn't change their phone service. I said, oh, no, this is not going to work because the third day you could get your money back. So that's where I was. I was at the post office on day three. Sending back their material and telling them to give me my money back. And I wasn't sure that they were going to give me my money back. So I went ahead and just canceled that check. You had your safety net in place. Because they're going to tell you you got to wait 90 days. They got to wait till the pool come back get you your check. Oh, oh, hilarious. Dr. Romney said the four most dangerous words in the English language are benefit of the doubt. How can we extend grace to people without putting ourselves at risk, Dr. Freeman? It just kind of takes really taking the time to get to know people. Sometimes we are in such a rush to establish relationships, to believe things before we actually have proof. And we want to just encourage people that when someone tells you something, you know, take your time to get to know people. See if you meet their friends. See about the things that are being said. Do things check out? We recognize that in these two cases, it really was about trust. It was the fact that the person hurry up and created that sense of trust. You can believe me. Look at all I'm doing for you. And so we have to just believe that anytime somebody is rushing a process, you need to stop and ask yourself, why are we rushing? What's the purpose in rushing? That's a good one. What is it that we cannot wait and find out? It's almost like someone who's trying to sell you something. They say, well, you got to buy it today. Well, then you have right. to wonder, okay, what's going to happen if I, if tomorrow? Is this the best option for me? And a lot of times they're rushing you because of the fact that they don't want you to be able to think. They want right. to bombard you. You heard uh, Dr. Romney say they talked about the love bombing. Some people will describe love bombing like being in a fairy tale. It's an overwhelming process of seduction. It's big gifts. It's grand gestures. It's big nights out. It's going on vacation on your third date. Yes. Okay. It's an indoctrination. It builds not only your love, but it builds your trust. It's sensory overload so that you're so swept up in the emotion, whether it's from the Ponzi scheme, where you think you're going to make a lot of money, or whether it is from just that whole hope of love, and you're concerned that if I don't move now, if I don't act now, am I going to lose it? Mm. That's good. That's good. I had a family member or friend say years ago, if you got a background, it needs to be checked. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like that. I do too. Well, my daddy said not long ago, well, years ago, never trust a fast-talking man. They're a con man. Mm-hmm. And that's been technically true. Slow down, listen to your gut, take your time getting to know people. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Well, ladies, is there anything that you would have wished that Jada Willow or Gammy would have asked the guests? Is there anything that comes to mind? 
I would have wanted them to ask, what would they have done different? Do they themselves recognize when things went awry? When is it that they were failing to check their gut? When was it that they thought that they should have pressed Mm -hmm. pause, but they just kept going? It's one thing for people to tell you about a situation, but it's another for you to be able to think through and problem solve because it also helps you to know your own triggers. You could find yourself in the same situation with a different person or with a different circumstance because you really didn't look at your issue to know that that's something that you really need. Mm-hmm. Self-assess. Adrian too, like for what you said earlier, she said she was still looking for love by the time she was at the end, seeming as though she may be unchanged. But I would like to know how she's guarding her heart now, or is she taking it slower than she had previously? We could go and deep dive and talk. Like, I have so enjoyed this conversation about these shows and the fantastic episode on the Tindler Swindler and Anna Delvey. But We've got to go. Now it's time to say goodbye. We know that we have some of the best community participants in the world. And you two are absolutely contributors to that excellence. So thank you both so much for being with us at this virtual red table. Thank you for the invite. Thank you for having me. Car, you know our guests killed it today. Oh, they did. I loved it. So, so glad we got to hear from them. And we're going to take mm-hmm. a short break right now. And when we return, we'll share our top five takeaways from this episode. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... 
We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. learned so much during this episode and I learned a lot from our guests as well. But now it's time to share our thoughts presenting Cara and Tracy's top five thoughts for sure. (laughs) You know, I love this. Yes. This is the part of the show where we speed through five thoughts slash takeaways from this episode. Let's fire them off, Cara. Go for it. Let's fire them off. Number five, we want you guys to look out for red flags and act accordingly. Listen, don't get caught up in giving someone the benefit of the doubt. Remember, there are no benefits to any doubts. Love it. Number four, scam artists will always want more. Walk away right away. Walk away. Yeah, that's hard for me, but I I am going to start walking away. Number three. If you've been scammed, allow yourself to trust again. Yeah, Mm. Tracy, we know you've been impacted. Do you feel like you can trust again? Absolutely. I just keep on trusting. Number two, scamming is one thing. Betrayal is another. It's one thing to Mm -hmm. have someone steal money, but then it's another thing to feel like someone you cared about betrayed you so deeply and so nonchalant about it. Jada said that, and that's the truth. Mm, it's a nonchalant for me. I don't like mm-hmm. that part. Like, you're going to care a little bit that you did this to me. I'm going to make you care if I can. <laughs> but number one, our last one, any of us could fall for a scam. So blame the scammer, not the victim or the situation. Blame the scammer. We want to know how you're feeling about this new season of Red Table Talk. We are open to talk about anything with you, so please send in your questions at Let's Red Table That at redtabletalk.com. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe on iHeartRadio app and please rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts. We want fives. So be clear, we want fives. Cara, what do we want? Five only. We'll be back next week for another episode of Let's Red Table That. A big thank you to our executive producers, Jada Pinkett-Smith, Ellen Rackerton, and Fallon Jethro. And thank you to our producer, Kyla Kaneru, and our associate producers, Mara De La Rosa and Yolanda Chow. And finally, thank you to our sound engineers, Calvin Bailiff and Devin Donahue. We love you! It's a wrap! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.